and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cheers, queers! <laughs> What's on the big gay agenda today, Theora? Tell us the truth. Well, well, Caitlin, I'll tell you the truth of it all today. Today, we are not being dared to do Heartstopper Season 2, Episode 6, Truth Flash Dare. <laughs> but I, I did um, dare myself to uh, get apple juice for this episode. Oh, that's so cute! <laughs> did you have to fight somebody at the convenience <laughs> store? Um, the I should have actually, I got it from DoorDash. Uh, so I should have... <laughs> so maybe your DoorDash driver had to fight somebody. <laughs> You'll never know. Sponsored by Maybe Wawa. they had to be cute. Not actually sponsored, but I would love that. Um, before we, uh, begin, there's an announcement that we did last time, so you should be used to this by now. Short as possible. Ready? If you are listening, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you can leave a review, because I really don't know. If you are watching on YouTube, please like this video, comment your thoughts below, and click the share button to help even more people see our content. You can also join our Patreon where you can get full reaction videos and free episodes. Oh, and ad-free episodes. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> we don't have free episodes that we're aware of. <laughs> we make them for free. <laughs> All of these things will help us to continue making more content. Thank you in advance. Yeah. And hopefully you got Caitlin's word spelled from last time. Yes. Um, I will have to think about a word while we do this whole thing. So, because I forgot about it. <laughs> All right. So if you like puzzles and challenges, stay till the end of the episode where Caitlin's got a fun little trick for you. Well, I guess brain teaser. But let's get into the episode, shall we? Yes. Uh, we are going to begin this episode meeting Nick's father. Finally. Because, like, we've been dying to, right? <laughs> Baited breath. We've been waiting. Uh, I, it's more like Nick's been waiting. <laughs> yes. Poor Nick. Poor Nick. Uh, so Nick and Charlie are traveling to meet Nick's father, and I'm amazed that he was already there when they got there. I know. Basically, they didn't get stood up immediately. Yeah, I'm, like, expecting them to wait, like, a half hour. I know, right? Ugh, anyway, yeah. So he's amazingly there. But more importantly... This is, like, the, it opens, like, a continuation from the last episode where they, like, hopped on the, they, like, ran out of the museum 
and then jumped on the subway and now they got off the subway and they're like running to this cafe while they were still holding hands which means they held hands all the way from like the Louvre to this cafe and they like let go only before they saw Nick's dad because Nick's not out yet and I love that for them that's really cute it's a lot of hand holding it's a lot of hand holding but you know that's a lot of hand holding out in public which is big for them yes that's so I just true. need to point that out because um be gay hold hands be gay hold hands <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so then we finally see Nick's dad. And like, this is the part of the episode where I screamed because the actor that plays Nick's dad uh, is familiar to me. So if anyone out there's ever seen a show called Call My Agent, it's like this French show that's about basically like talent agents and like their actors and all the stuff they get into. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Um, yes. And it stars... Camille Cotin, who was in Killing Eve. And when Killing Eve ended, I was real sad, so I wouldn't watch that because she plays a lesbian in this. And it's great. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yes, it does. And Nick's dad, the actor that the actor played Matthias, which is one of the main guys on the show, but also really funny because he's a shit dad in that show, too. So, like, is this he getting typecast for this? I don't really know. <laughs> do, do we need to ask questions? We probably do. But, um, yeah, so go check that show out. It's actually really fun. It's in French, but it's a, it's amazing. Like, it's really, really great. And if subtitles aren't your thing, Amazon created an English version called uh, 10%, because that's like the agent's fee, the 10%. And for the sapphics out there, um, it stars Lydia Leonard, who played Mariana Lawton in Gentleman Jacks, which was a lesbian. So... It's all queer and it's all good, so check those two shows out. Theor is creating a web to get you to watch everything based on lesbians. I'm just letting the people know we have more content than we ever had before, and if you're looking for new content about some shenanigans, check those two out. They're real good. I want to now. Okay. They're good. I love Calm My Agent's really fun. Although, like, I have issues with the lesbians plotline and where it ends up going. That sounds like but, an episode. Uh, I mean, it can be. I think it should be. I loved Call by Agent. I thought it was real good. Anywho, back to Nick and Charlie. <laughs> so, okay, so Nick and Charlie, before they approach the dad, because so they have to, like, untangle their hands because they're like, well, Nick's not out yet because, I mean, his dad won't even pick up his phone calls. So, like, obviously he's not out to his dad yet. So, but before they go in, Charlie, being all self-conscious and self-aware of the situation, asks Nick, after running hand-in-hand with him, from the Louvre onto a subway to this cafe, asks Nick, should I wait somewhere else? So, <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. And Nick is like, no, like very firmly, like, no, I want you with me. And like, I feel like Charlie really just, uh, he just needed to hear it. Even though they just ran through Paris together for to meet Nick's dad, he's still like, I don't want to get you in trouble with your dad kind of thing. Like, it's real sad that that's where his brain goes immediately when they get there. But you got to love Nick for being like, no, I literally dragged you here from the Louvre. I want you. I need you. I need you here. I love that he says that. Well, Charlie just needs like constant um... affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. I relate. That to might that. be his love language. <laughs> but also like he's been through some shit. Like, no, totally. His mom seems cold. Yeah, in general, I like, agree with that. He needs more love, and that's what Nick is there for. Yeah, he's traumatized, for sure. Nick and um, Yeah. Charlie needs a dog. So they go to, they approach the dad, 
And they're doing like pleasantries and it gets awkward real quick because Nick has to introduce Charlie. And like, it's an opportunity for her to be like, this is my boyfriend. But he like hesitates for just a second too long before words can come out of his mouth. And Charlie jumps in immediately and he's like, I'm Charlie. I'm just Charlie. (laughs) I'm just Charlie. And like, poor Nick. Like, so it's like the whole purpose of this is he like wants to see his dad. Yes. But two, he's like, I want to do this in person. And like tell him something real about my life because as we come to see in the scene like the bitch don't know nothing about a son so but poor nick he's like off to like not off to a good start like immediately with this call coming out thing so and kudos to charlie who like really puts on a brave face for this like doomed cafe meeting like he shakes nick's dad's hand he's like very quiet like attentive he like jumps in all the right moments and like he knows he's that trying to be really supportive he has to be like nick's um support system yeah I, there's another word I was going to use, but hmm. rock. He's, he has hmm. to be the rock. Yeah, totally. And he, and he does. Like, so he, he enters this whole thing with being like, should I not even be here? And then, yeah, he ends up being like, he's like, okay, you need me. I'm going to get you through this. Yeah, exactly. So he goes into protective boyfriend mode, essentially. Like, stealthy, though, because the dad don't know. Uh, and after the slightly awkward introductions that happen, Nick's dad, this is my favorite part. I have to point this out now. Nick's dad order- orders two coffees for them. Just put a pin on that. He orders two coffees and then they all sit down. <laughs> Just, that's it. That's all Theora's going to give you right now. Put a pin on that. But Nick's dad, he irked me from the very beginning. I mean, from before I even meet him, but he puts everything on Nick that saying that he never visits him anymore and tells Charlie that Nick used to visit every summer when he was little. But then he didn't invite him this summer because I, I'm assuming that it's a stepmom, I think. We don't know. His girlfriend, lady. Okay. The, the person, she's getting a new kitchen. So Nick can't come over, which is the weirdest excuse ever. The excuse is like, well, there's construction on the house, so you can't be here. Even though it's one room that you don't sleep in. So it's like, the dad's trying, dad is making excuses for his bad behavior. That's what he's doing. He's gaslighting Nick to be like, oh, you know, it's kind of your fault, you know, come around. Even though, like, I don't answer your calls, and I don't invite you over anymore. But it's somehow it's Nick's fault. I just want to squeeze his head. Yeah, he's a really bad parent this is like not everybody should be a parent you know just because you can be a parent doesn't mean you should here's your example so after the casual guilt that nick's dad lays on him he asks immediately he's like so nick are you graduating soon and nick's like um no i still got a few years left so he like he doesn't even know how old his son is it's like there's they're this trend on tiktok going on right now of just like these interviews of all these dads being like do you know when your child's birthday is and they're like i don't know and then he's like oh it was yesterday like the men don't know anything about their kids like this is like your classic dude who doesn't this know is, I, when i was little i was uh, i gave my dad a quiz to see how much he knew about me because i was just like i feel like you don't know enough uh but when <laughs> i think it was either last year or the year before i got a message three days after my birthday or it was either it was three or five, and it was just like happy birthday. I'm like, thanks. It's not my birthday. <laughs> He's like, when wow. was it? I'm like, last Friday. <laughs> but 
But he, yeah. he, he likes to get my birthday. Not likes to. He gets my birthday confused with his anniversary with my mom. Because that's what they know. They're divorced since I was three, but they know their anniversary. Sorry, Caitlin. He'll probably watch this too at some point. Hi, Dad. <laughs> What's her birthday? <laughs> Answer the comments. The year. <laughs> anyway. The year. What's the year? <laughs> okay. So Nick's dad is obviously doesn't care enough to keep up with his son. Um, yes. I feel like no, because we I don't think he cares at all about his both children, actually. No, not at all. But even less about Nick. So Nick says he would like to meet his dad's new woman because, I mean, if there's someone else in his dad's life, he wants to be a part of his dad's life so bad. He's like, I'm willing to meet this woman that's not Olivia Coleman. Like, how could you go from someone from Olivia Coleman to someone else? Um, I why did Olivia Coleman pick this man? That's the part of this I don't understand. Like, how did that even happen? Like, this man is trash. Like, heat of the she moment. He could do so much better. And then she was stuck. And then she was like, you know what? I'm Olivia Coleman. I'm going to get out of this, this shit. <laughs> you um, know, man. <laughs> but she doesn't. She raised Nick beautifully on his own. Yes. On her own. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, but his dad brushes it off when he says that. Like, I feel like you would want your kid to want to meet someone new in your life. I mean, if you cared about your kid, sure. But when you are actively trying not to see your child, then this behavior makes sense. It seems like the dad is keeping, like, two different lives in, like, different Barely. countries. Yeah. It's like, you he stay there and I'll stay here. It's like a status thing. It's like, I have sons, but then he doesn't know anything about them. Yeah. So bottom line, his dad is not super into this idea that Nick has. Um, but it's really sad because Nick's face lights up when he suggests this. He's like, oh, I'd I would love to meet her. And it's like, it's really sad that like his dad just, this is super dismissive of Nick, period. And like, doesn't pick up on any of the cues this boy's put out there. I just really want to hug Nick at this point. Yeah. But the dad tries to get to know Nick. Big, wow. Okay, he asked one question. How is the trip going? I think, something like that. And yeah, then like, his, been in Paris. Then his phone rings. And of course, the, no hesitation whatsoever. He gets up as he's looking at the phone and answers it without a second thought. And what a surprise. He has to leave right away. Truly, though, Nick does not seem surprised by this at all. He just seems, like, disappointed by it. Um, but there is hope, kind of, if you think this is hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like Ben's last name. Yep. <laughs> Nick's dad does tell him that he will be in England next week, so... There you have it. And Nick jumps at this opportunity, because he's like, cool, you're gonna be in my neck of the woods? Great. We should have a family dinner. And... Cute idea, Nick, but how dare you volunteer Olivia Coleman's time and energy to make dinner for this man? But, like, alas. Like, I think Nick sees the good in everybody. Except Ben. <laughs> and David. Oh, yeah, David. <laughs> True. But, of course, the dad can't leave without talking to... Oh, my God. I almost said Ben. Um, <laughs> talking to Nick about girls. 
because that's the only thing you know to talk about, right? He only knows rugby and I have a boy. And that's it. It ends there. But ultimately, the good, I guess, goodish part is that the dad seems to have been happy to have met Charlie, one of Nick's quote unquote friends. And like, he says friend and like strike three again for Nick for like losing all of the chances to like come out to his dad during this little interaction. And he just looks kind of like devastated. Hey, I already asked this question to you, Caitlin. So we'll skip that. Okay. Before the dad bounces, um, he leaves money on the table. And I hope this is covering the cost for those two coffees that never arrive. So like in the time, the whole conversation lasts less time than it took some dude to make two people, than it took the cafe to like make the two coffees and deliver it. Are Nick and Charlie getting their coffee that they didn't want that he ordered for them is my question. Because like he ordered it and he's like, cool. They sit down. This whole interaction happens and those coffees never showed up. So this is a really short interaction. Well, maybe it just turns into a date for the both of them. Do they even drink coffee? I don't even know. This is a dad's idea to get the coffee. Oh, wait. Yeah, because they probably drink tea. Because of it's just it's Olivia more like assumptive assumption assumptive wow assumptions from the dad of like what they wanted. He's yeah. like, yeah, let's just get you guys this. Not does Nick drink coffee? Does he even know that they actually prefer coffee? milkshakes? I know <laughs> they're children. Why are you ordering them fucking coffee? <laughs> it's a cultural thing. I get that, but like it just it, it seems like again the dad did not. He just assumed a bunch of stuff about Nick in this interaction. Like it's very clear he doesn't even know him. Like we've never seen drink and Nick drink coffee ever. He drinks tea. I was ordering this for his son, and it never came. So there's that. Because I was worried. I'm like, are Nick and Charlie gonna have to pay for these coffees? They didn't order because they should have just. Coffee. I mean, this is probably wrong because it. Uh, they already ordered it, but they should just take the money <laughs> and left. <laughs> Be like, thanks, Dad. Lunch is on you. Right. Was- I didn't know that he actually put money down. I didn't see it. Um, he just puts like some, but like he already had a coffee. So I'm like, is that your coffee you're covering? Are you covering their coffees that you ordered for them? What is this? Questions that need answered. He better have paid. I hope so. Like they're in high school, whatever. They're it's not the equivalent high school, of high school. Yeah, yeah, young high school. But Nick is upset with himself because he is so upset that he didn't tell his dad that. Uh, Charlie is his boyfriend and it's just like another thing added like oh I was supposed to come out already and I haven't I've been failing every single time I try to come out to somebody and I just feel like his dad didn't really give him the opportunity anyway because his his dad doesn't shut up about his own life though yeah I mean, it's true, but I feel like, Nick, there's another layer to this particular conversation versus, like, the Paris trip being the deadline. It's like, this was Nick's idea. Like, Nick tried to orchestrate this particular meeting with his dad with the intention of doing that. And so I think he's doubly disappointed here because he was like, man, this was all my idea, you know, and I still can't do it. And it was one person and it went really well with my mom. And, like, granted, his dad and his mom are not the same when it comes to their relationships with him. Um, and it's very, and and the sad part in this whole scene is when Nick like really expresses that to Charlie and he says about his dad, he's like, he doesn't know me. He knows I like rugby and that's it. And like, what a heartbreaking realization for a child to make about their parents. So really in that context, it's no wonder that like Nick doesn't come out. Like, why would you come out to this person? It's like coming out to a stranger, you know? Yeah. 
he i i mean i know this is ahead of ourselves but olivia coleman later is just like really smart and says you don't know anything that scene is so good yeah i I love that scene wait till we get to that episode wait the way she handles the dad is just it's so good it's sad but like a realistic notice the change between us talking about season one to season two olivia uh, olivia coleman has no theora has me on the olivia coleman train (laughs) caitlin knows who she is now i do this podcast i know her uh quite well now but from here we go back to the hotel for one of the scenes that i actually really love like this is just there's a lot of cute scenes in this episode so nick charlie and isaac are sitting on the bed together and then Isaac is in the middle, I believe. And mm-hmm. he's holding this book, and you see, and they're all just searching for Waldo. That's cute. <laughs> that's the book that he can share with them. He must have got it when they're at the bookstore, and that's really cute because it's a game they can all play, but it's still a book. Yeah. It's a way for all his friends to get in on and his And Isaac's body. probably so happy, like, yeah, we're all sitting around a book. <laughs> exactly. It's cute. It's just, oh, it's so it's sweet. Very cute. And Isaac is so happy. He is. Also, it's like, are you, have you guys not found it yet? What the hell? What's taking you so long? <laughs> he's probably he still opening like, it. He's like, oh, there he is. And yeah. then he's just like, you guys see you it? You guys done? You see it? <laughs> oh my gosh. And then Tao comes running into the room and tells them that he kissed Elle. Which he didn't. But I feel like he did say that. He said... I, me and L kissed, and oh, then he me and L okay. he goes through it the right way, like a good boyfriend or not boyfriend yet. But he's like, she kissed me first, then I kissed her second. So I like that he clarifies that because misogynistic men would be like, yeah, I did it, blah blah blah. But like he gives her credit. He's like, she kissed me first, I kissed her second. Good times. So I love it. That. Detracts for their relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it tracks for Tao. Tao is one of the most secu- people's most secure with himself ever like he's great so is l that's why i love the two of them so much but also i feel like tao is so nervous in the relationship like that l needs to make the first move no matter what well yeah obviously like that was the only way that was gonna go down that was the only way it was gonna happen let's be real meanwhile the girls are in their room having the same exact conversation again and there okay, is they really, a, they really uh, like doing the grease thing. They do. Tao and L. I should, because I, I was like trying so hard not to bring it up again, Theo. I know, but I was like, it's more obvious in this too. I'm like, they're literally having the same conversation. <laughs> like doing the play by play. Yeah, like they finish the sentences. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's just all grease in my head. Yeah. Uh, but where am I? Oh, there is a lot of screaming. So much screaming. But, like, this is the conversation you scream over, though. Because fucking finally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And, uh... Tree love. Sorry, I need to hydrate for loving Jesus for that moment. Okay, I'll get my apple juice for this moment. Oh, yeah. Damn, I wish I had apple juice. (laughs) Cheers, queers. All right. Uh, but, okay, so while the screaming is happening, we should shoot back to the boys' room. And Nick asks the million-dollar question, which is, are you two dating? To which neither Tao nor Elle has an answer to yet. They're like, listen, one thing at a time. We We're kissing. We're kissing now. <laughs> We're on that level. Which, I I mean, I don't understand relationships, but I feel <laughs> you just, like, assume that these people are dating at that point. No. Like, you never assume. Kiss. You gotta ask. Yeah, I have, um... Learn that through reading. Yeah. <laughs> never never assume. Assume. 
But so like, that's what's on everybody's mind. And they're like, I guess the two groups are like, well, you guys need to talk. You need to talk. You need to talk. What does Charlie do? Charlie texts the girls that they should all go explore the hotel, which I thought they were actually exploring the hotel. You're you're so literal. (laughs) I am. Oh my gosh, I am. It's it's an issue. Um, which the girls immediately agree to because, of course, I mean, like, who are the girls in this room? Tara, Darcy, Darcy's like, yay, mischief. Like, even if this <laughs> wasn't a quest to get them, you know, Ellen Tao together, she would be down for this. They problem. just like you would start a question with Darcy, and she'll just go, yes, let's go. Right, exactly. <laughs> Where are we go? Okay. Finish yeah. that sentence. Onward. Um. And it is basically an excuse for the couples to split off and kiss. Thanks, Theora, for telling me that. <laughs> I would have just actually explored the hotel. I know. I know. Poor innocent <laughs> child. Uh, okay, but wait. Before they break off, though, because, like, Tao, like, Elle grabs Tao and they, like, run away. And then the rest of them are, like, hiding. I don't know. They're, like, looking for teachers because they're kind of like, is the coast clear before we do this? Tara, not Tara. Tara mentions like really low she's like it's my birthday tomorrow i can do whatever i want so Tara's birthday tomorrow confirmation yes um that that will be important later yes it will isaac is just standing there sad because he he was in the room too so he's going to explore but i mean but couples are breaking off yeah and isaac's in that weird position of like i am not a couple what do i do but Tara, ta- oh, damn it, Theora. Sorry, I had Buffy <laughs> on my brain earlier today. It's I apologize. I was editing our episode too, so. <laughs> um. Anyway, Tara, just tells him to come with her, and it's yeah. just very sweet. I'm sure Darcy wasn't too happy, but you know what, friends. I think. Darcy's like explore the hotel. I think she's cool with that. They get to make out whatever they want. They don't need to hide. I feel like Darcy is like me and is actually exploring the hotel. Right, because like again, like Tara and Darcy, like they're they're very comfortable with PDA. I don't think they care. So they're not like Nick and Charlie. They're like it's been two days. It's like no, it's been three minutes. Like they're fine. So Darcy's cool with running around a hotel. Um, but I love that. L dra- like drags Tao, like drags him to an abandoned corner. Which what is this corner of this hotel? It's just like it's like between rooms and it's just like a corner with nothing. It's very strange. Like a, a walled off like square area. It's weird. But anyway, they go into this corner. And the whole purpose of them doing this is so that they can they can clear up are we dating? So Tao tries to ask her and she just cuts him off and starts kissing him. Which is really cute. So like the whole purpose of this is like completely destroyed immediately. And then I was like, oh, wait, sorry. What were you saying? And Tao's like, uh, I forgot. <laughs> He's like, let's make out more. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> so it's really cute. I love the way that kind of goes down. Like the whole point of this running out of the room thing is just like immediately abandoned. And they're like, whatever, we'll talk later. Yes. <laughs> so it's still a question. Are they dating? We don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> let's just take it slow. Meanwhile. By making out in corners. <laughs> Slowly. Well, <laughs> well, Caitlin. I drink for lesbian Jesus. All right. Meanwhile, Nick and, of quarters. and Charlie go to the highest traffic place possible that isn't the lobby. The vending machines, which means, yep, they get caught. Yeah, no shit. 
Nick uh, tries to ask Charlie how he is feeling since he passed out that day. Like, a lot's yeah. happened today. Yeah, big day. <laughs> but Charlie turns it back on Nick because he cares more about him and asks how he is feeling about seeing his dad because uh, Charlie doesn't care about that he passed out. Like, he's like, no. What's going yeah, on I mean, with you? Charlie always abdicates his own feelings for Nick and, like, he clearly has like secondhand anxiety because he knew Nick wanted to come out to his dad. Like Nick has mentioned that multiple times and he was there and Nick did not obviously go through with it, even though there were like multiple opportunities that were like, come on, Nick. And he's, you know, still didn't do it. So I think that Charlie's just really like nervous. He's like, does Nick even want to come out at all? Like this was something he wanted to do and just didn't do it. So what I find surprising here is that Nick says the quiet part out loud, which is like, He's like, oh, I didn't realize how much me coming out was stressing you out, Charlie. Like, it becomes really evident to Nick in this moment that, like, while Charlie thinks he's trying to, like, make sure Nick's okay, it's becoming really evident to Nick that, like, Charlie's stressed out about him. And that puts the spotlight on Charlie, and which, of course, Charlie doesn't like. So he immediately does a 180, and he's like, well, what I feel doesn't matter. He's like, it's your coming out journey. It doesn't matter. He's like, this is your coming out journey. But Nick ultimately reassures him that, like, it matters to me how you feel. Like, it's disturbing that it doesn't matter to you. But, like, Nick's like, it matters to me. And, like, that's true love, bitch. (laughs) I gotta say, that's literally what Theora wrote in the notes. And I busted out laughing when I saw it. Okay, so they once they get caught, and after the teachers tell the boys to go back to their room, they make sure that each other knows uh, the other is gay. Because they are at, uh, I'm sure Theora's going to explain the scene later. But anyway, it's convenient. And they keep flirting, but Farouk doesn't know how to react. And we find out why. So there's a couple of things I learned in this scene. Number one, I finally looked up the other teacher's name. So Nathan is the art teacher. Now we have his name. Nathan, I keep forgetting to look it up. Sorry, Nathan. I keep wanting to call him Benjamin for some reason. No, that's Nathan. So after the boys leave, Nathan is like high key flirting, where he's like, pretty sure I used to sneak out like that at their age. With a boy. Like, he's, like, making it really obvious <laughs> to Farouk. He's like, you need to know where up. Just in case, like, the gay pin I wear all the time wasn't obvious, I'm also gay, not just the safe place for the queers. But it gets really sad because Farouk gives his backstory about why, and it explains why he doesn't know what to do with this, because he admits that he came out later in life, like, in his tw- like late 20s, and he's like, well, because I figured my shit out later, I missed out on, quote, the beautiful gay teenage experiences. Like trying to make out next to a public vending machine in a hotel with your teachers staying there <laughs> on school trips. So, yeah. So, like, which I love this plotline because, yeah, coming out, you can come out whenever. You don't have to be in high school like Nick and Charlie. It can be later in life. But, you know, the sad truth of it is that when you don't figure it out, you you do miss out on those, like, younger you know, relationship kind of like stupid things that you do kind of like this. Especially people like who are forced into like compet kind of life. Um, and so you miss out on those typical aspects of young love. 
So what tends to happen with like, and and it's where this plot line is going, which is why I love it. What tends to happen in that case, when you come out later and you don't figure your shit out till later, like you end up going through like queer puberty when you do come out and you then you do the stupid shit later in life. So I really enjoy that the writers leaned into that like reality with these two characters. It's really cute and it's very important. And like Nathan even says, he's like, Mr. Farouk says, like, it's too late for me to have those experiences. And Nathan's like, there isn't a- an age limit to those, which I love. I think people need to hear that. Give this scene an Emmy. Give this yeah. scene an Emmy. Give this scene an Emmy. But I, I, I wonder, too, if Nathan knew that Farouk was gay or if he was just, like, trying to lay it on real thick to be like, is my gaydar right? Because when Farouk kind of, like, explains that, he's like, yeah, yeah I came out later. Nathan does this little, like, Hmm, and this nod where he's like internally I'm pretty sure he's like yes I was right <laughs> it's very cute I love the way they like kind of put this plot line in here and gave Farouk that backstory I like that a lot Farouk <laughs> seems like I mean we see him keep to himself a lot so yeah it's probably the first time he's ever opening up to another person potentially yeah yeah he deserves love too they all do from here, uh, I guess everyone goes to sleep uh, because the next day, I believe they're at breakfast, and yes. Darcy gives Tara her birthday present, which is a shirt with her face all over it. It sure is. And she also apologizes for not being a good girlfriend. I love Tara's reaction. To- okay, so the shirt is like this hot pink shirt, and then it has... A ridiculous face that Darcy's doing with her eyes closed and she's like sticking out her tongue and it's all over the shirt. So just a ridiculous face of Darcy all over the shirt giving it to Tara. And Tara's like, thanks, I hate it. (laughs) Darcy's like, I knew you would. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure this t-shirt is paying homage to like the graphic novels around Tara's birthday because they post, there's like a panel where they posted Instagram photos and like Tara's Instagram photo is like a cute one with like, Darcy kissing her and she's like and she's like I'm the birthday baby and Darcy replies hey this is a bit gay and Darcy and Tara replies love this for us but then the birthday photo that Darcy to- posts is a fake it's like this it's clearly like this candid photo that Tara wasn't anticipating where she's like looks real weird like she's squinting she's not smiling so it almost looks like the same face that Darcy's making on this t-shirt and Darcy's like, happy birthday to my stunning girlfriend. And Tara wrote, delete this. <laughs> so I think that, like, this was a play on that that scene. The rest of it is, but you look so beautiful. And then Tara goes, I will destroy you. Yeah, and that's basically their relationship. But yeah, I think that's where, where this came from. But my favorite thing is the, hey, uh, this is a bit gay. <laughs> yeah. Love that for us. I need to read these books. They're cute. I think you would like the books. The other thing we learned from this is that apparently Darcy has big plans for Tara's birthday to make make up her behavior. Ooh la la. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonder what those are. Wonder. Okay, so the gang goes back out to explore Paris. Um, they finally left the hallways and their corners of kissing. Yes. <laughs> and they go to a bookstore and Isaac is just super happy and has a stack of books about the size of him. 
Yeah, that was adorable. My question was always like, how does he have money for this? And how's he going to bring it back? Because like, did he bring an extra bag just for books? I I hope he did. That's a lot of books. Yeah. Transporting is very interesting. I mean, at least they didn't fly. So. But still, like you have to get all those books on the bus back. I just hope he thought it through. That's all. But he looked. He's probably going to like stuff it in everybody's luggage. (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. I feel like you take three, you take four. Uh, can you? These are pretty thin, so how about six? <laughs> and then we head to Paris's Castro. Uh, that is a San Francisco reference, where Nick and Charlie finally hold hands in public. Yes, because the scene is a beautiful representation, uh, an example of why representation matters, because they're in a clearly gay part of town. Like they in the gay neighborhood. They're in the neighborhood. And they see like there's like rainbow pennants everywhere. There's a gay couple walking by. There's brunch happening. Like <laughs> brunch. the gayest stuff possible. No, it is. Like, look at them. There's mimosas on that table. They're having brunch. Like brunch is happening. <clears throat> so they're basically surrounded by people like them. And so it just signals to them that this is a safe place and they just act gay. Like they hold hands. There's, there's no need to like the pressure of like, I need to come out to people and explain myself is all like gone immediately because we only do that for not gay people. So like, it just, it's just like, I can just be myself here and I don't have to worry about all the stuff that's been stressing me out. I can just, we can just be us. And so it's really beautiful. And they, they both mutually like, there's no words are spoken. They're just like, Oh, we can hold hands here and it's totally fine. And it's just, it's a very cute moment. And it's like, it shows the power of like representation in safe spaces. So I like this scene a lot. But it's a short, it's a short day out in Paris today. Sure is. Uh, Gotta get to the birthday. Yeah, because it's a huge day. This is a hotel day. Like it's just a big hotel day, actually. Now that I'm thinking about this episode. <laughs> I mean, it's a hotel episode, but I feel like it is in the evening. We just see it a lot later. Oh, no, totally. But, like, it starts with hotel shenanigans, and then there's, like, we're out in Paris for, like, a hot second. Let's go back to the hotel. <laughs> most of this episode takes place We in saw hotel. a lot of Paris yesterday, which was exactly. actually uh, England, but whoosh, we don't know that. Just as a Movie magic. Uh, but before Tara's birthday bash, ch- chicken gnarly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God, Nick and Charlie <laughs> spend some time alone together. They do. Because, like, Isaac and Tao, well, they're all in the room. The boys are getting ready to go to the girls' room because Tar- uh, Darcy is hosting the party. In the books, like, it's, like, commented on multiple times that, like, the girls have, like, this giant suite that's really big. So the party's being hosted there. It's not, like, commented on the movie or the, the show, but that is what's happening. So the boys are getting ready. And then, um... Tao tells Charlie, he's like, hey, if you want, like, privacy with Nick, just say so. Which was a huge 180 from Tao being like, I I made sure you guys couldn't share a bed because I thought it'd be awkward for you. Now that Tao has a girlfriend, he's like, I get it. If you want to share beds, you want to do stuff, you do whatever you want. So Tao's clearly in a better place, and he's like, I get it now. Charlie, I get it. Tao's like, (laughs) everybody could be uh, in love now. Yeah, I'm like... You know, Isaac wants to sleep in his books by himself. Like, that's fine. Like, whatever. Everybody do what they want to do. So it's really cute. So Tao's the one who's like, Isaac, let's go to, like, give them privacy. And Nick and Charlie haven't kissed in, like, two days. And so Charlie is getting really antsy. Of course he is. So Charlie goes to, like, get ready. He's, like, in the mirror, like, fixing his, like, hair. 
And Nick just is the cutest person in the world because he goes behind Charlie and like, he's like bugging him. He's like being annoying, but in a cute way. He like takes his fingers and he like pushes Charlie's like lips up. So he's smiling while he's doing this. (laughs) It's so cute. And then he like hugs Charlie because he needs to recharge. And it's so tooth rottingly cute. I need to make a dentist appointment because <laughs> it's fucking scene. <laughs> um, what does Charlie yes. do? So Charlie, of course. Okay, so Charlie, like this is all Charlie wants because there's no spotlight. There's no nothing. It's just them being cute and happy together. So Charlie quietly suggests they just stay in the room by themselves. And Nick plays along for all of three seconds before he takes Charlie to the party. To the party. And part of me feels like this was an honest moment for Charlie. Like he must have been having perhaps like pre-social anxiety and wanted to stay out of any kind of crowds, you know? And like this, like meaning like he suggests this because this is what Charlie actually wants. Um, But ultimately I think he, he goes with Nick because number one, that's what Nick wants. And Charlie will always put other people's feelings before him. And number two, it is his friend's birthday and he is genuinely a good friend. But I think Charlie really just didn't want to be in a crowd. And with all the kids that don't know the rat, they're out. And he just wants to, you know, he just wants to be with Nick and be free to be himself. And same for Nick. So I gotta say, being in a hotel room alone with someone you love or going to a party with a bunch of teenagers. Exactly. I would rather be alone. Right, exactly. And I think that genuinely, Charlie's like kind of a hermit. I think he genuinely wants that. Because, you know, we get rare moments of Charlie being honest about his feelings. I think this was one of them. But I think we need to address something. What do we need to address? So, when they show up to the party, you can hear the music in the room. Okay? So they go in, and then they're like, shh, Tara's coming. Oh my god. And the music is still playing. But, and they turn off the lights, I think? No, they don't. No, they don't? Okay. No, they don't. But, like, she has to know off. that something is happening. I know. Does like, Darcy normally hang out by herself with loud music? And also, where did they send her while they sent I don't, that Maybe they went up. to a vending machine. But, like, the, everybody's in there. Everyone looks like they've been there for a little while now. And, like, Tara already has a crown on. Like, it's weird. I'm like, yeah, what were they doing with her because before Darcy's she came to the Because Darcy's in the room, not with Correct. Tara. Who was talking yeah, about it? Do you remember? No, she's with Elle and... I think... And Elle, for sure. I can't remember if Sahara okay. and Imogene was with her, but definitely Elle. All right. Uh, okay. Elle's probably like... So someone was distracting Tara. What were they doing as the distraction is the question. They probably went to get, um, crepes. Yeah, I was, I probably, I was thinking maybe they left the hotel because it's Paris. You can walk places, mm-hmm. even though they probably weren't allowed to. She's like, it's my birthday. I do whatever I want. So they probably went somewhere and came back, I think. So when everyone surprises Tara with a party in her room, Tara looks happy at first, but it doesn't really seem like she wants a really big party. She just wants to talk to Darcy. So I think that's part of it, but I think the bigger issue is what Darcy actually has planned for the party and not the party itself. Because Tara's demeanor changes when Darcy whips out the vodka bottle. And and as we see the whole night, like the alcohol, it distracts Darcy the whole night and Darcy doesn't really hang out with Tara. So I think that's the thing that was like, 
great. Like we're not like we're not going to hang out together during this night. You're going to like be distracted by this alcohol. I think that's what she was really upset about. And I wonder, like, it's not uncommon for like teenagers on a trip to do something like this. But I wonder if this was Darcy's quote unquote big plan because she learned this behavior from her parents. Like we don't know a lot about them, but I wonder if they're the type that are like miserable people but they're happy drunks, like they're alcoholics maybe. And so I wonder if she like associates being happy with this drink. And so I think to me that would explain why she drinks so much in this party. Cause like, maybe she's like, I, I, you know, I want to be happy. I want to be open with my feelings. Like my parents are when they drink and like, maybe that's why she did it to like, I don't know. And just, it did not work out. Obviously. Maybe she's only loved when her parents drink. Right. Exactly. So I wonder if like that was her thought process other other than just like uh it's a party let's drink i think she associates it maybe with happy people happiness and like that's how we got here because she's distracted by it the whole night side note can we talk about how gay darcy looks (laughs) at this party she's got her like her rainbow i love paris hoodie on she's got these like maroon shorts her hair i don't understand this hair it's like one of those like cone like birthday hats on one side of her head then the other side of her head is like a this weird top bun in like a rainbow oh i thought they were both hats no one it's just a scrunchie with her her hair in a knot like so it looks like she has two horns like it's the gayest i just love it i guess she was super gay for tara for her birthday (laughs) she gave her that but now that uh Elle has fulfilled her duties of getting Tara to the party. Tao and Elle sneak off to kiss in the bathroom. But of course they don't lock it. And they get interrupted by Charlie. To be fair though, they did choose the one and only bathroom to do this in. So they were going to get interrupted regardless. Maybe not door opening if they locked it, but like people were going to interrupt them. So this was poor choice. They should have gone to the closet. But they just... Do they not teach you how to lock doors in school there? Oh, I wonder if they're children who don't normally lock their doors, like in their own rooms. Maybe they just don't think I of mean, it. I mean, I don't children. lock the bathroom door at home, but I lock it when I'm out. Yeah, but maybe they're just like not, they're not thinking clearly. They're just like, kiss. <laughs> okay, to be fair, that's not always true either. All right, fine. Anyway, Isaac is awkwardly sitting by himself reading a book while people kiss around him. And he looks so uncomfortable. Yeah, they're just like, they're literally sharing the bed with him and like behind him. And he's like, he was probably there first too with his book. I would imagine. He's just like, in front of my book. (laughs) Do you have to do this right next to me? Like. Why can't people just, like, stay? Like, it's a party. It's in a hotel room, okay? <laughs> you cannot kiss each other for five minutes. Yep, it's weird, but, you know, here we are. Poor Isaac. Understandable. And then misery washes over everybody, and he shows up. Ben shows up. He does. And who invited him anyway? I don't know. I don't know. He probably I, heard I... the music. And it's just like, oh, I'll go check it out. I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I, I honestly feel like nobody knows about the Ben-Charlie situation except for, like, Nick, Tao, Isaac. 
Maybe L. I don't know. Because I, I feel like Darcy put this together, and I don't think Darcy really knows about Ben. And they're just like, everybody on the trip that's not a homophobe can come. And I don't think they know about oh. Ben. Oh. Yeah. I think but that's no, the issue. But the thing is, they she, he treated Imogen terribly. I feel like that should be enough to kick him out. I would think so. But maybe it slipped Dar- I feel like Darcy did the invite list and just that just slipped her brain. Maybe. Or maybe she just Also like I don't everyone. think Imogen I think Imogen is over Ben and she's like, whatever. So hard. <laughs> I don't think she cares. Truly. So hard. Yeah. She don't, I don't think she cares. But anyway, the the weird the bad part about Ben showing up is he makes makes eyes with Charlie across the room and like right on cue dark thoughts for charlie and like nick nick notices and it's like damn nick notices a lot about charlie he does but like oh man maybe we should have stayed in the room you know (laughs) yeah that definitely would have been a better idea yeah and so after the people were making out three three inches away from isaac isaac's like enough and he like not even (laughs) i know and he leaves to go out in in the hall and you know that he's truly upset because when he's in the hallway, he's got his book and he starts like flipping through the pages, but then he like sighs and puts the book down. That's how you know he's truly troubled because he puts the book down, which never happens. Poor buddy. I know. He's he's deep in his thoughts and feels too. But someone is concerned about Isaac and James goes to find him. Because he doesn't want to be around everyone, since they will just tease him. James doesn't want to be around everyone, because they will tease James about the hickey that is on... No, I don't even... Do we still see the hickey on Charlie? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. Um, Yeah, but everyone's still teasing him about it, because of course they are. And James gets a little confident in this moment. And he reveals that he has a crush on someone. And Isaac is just like, is it me? And James says yes. And oh. Um, James decides he's going to kiss Isaac. But I said he pulls away and that doesn't really help me. I think Isaac pulls away. Yeah. And- so, very good. Well, poor Isaac is just trying to figure stuff out, and he just quickly leaves. Like, he's like, this this is a lot right now. And they get sad falling leaves as James sits there wondering if he made a huge mistake. Because, I mean, that's not the reaction you kind of (laughs) want. No. But, okay, what's sad about the freak out part is that James is like, he says, was the kiss bad? Because I've never kissed anyone before. So it's really sad for James because this is his first kiss. So he's first of all, he's getting all this heat for kissing Charlie and giving him a hickey, which because they're both gay and everyone's like, well, it must be you, obviously. And James is like, no. And like the sad part of it is, is, is James has never kissed anybody ever. And like, this is his first kiss. So to have it go poorly is really sad for James. Understandable for Isaac, because Isaac's trying to figure his shit out. But, like, poor James. Put yourself in James' shoes. Like, it's, it's pretty rough. Isaac, on the other hand, like, is not just, like... So it could come off to James as, in a way, like, of being like, oh, Isaac was experimenting with me or whatever. I think Isaac really was trying to explore, do I have a crush on James? Because 
he he's the one that had the courage to ask James, is it me? And it was like, there was a good two second pauses between James hinting pretty heavily. He's like, well, I, I do have a crush on someone. And and like Isaac thinks about it and he's like, oh, so he could have just let it go. Like if he was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do this. But he clearly was really trying. He's like, okay, is it me? And then James is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when James kisses him first, Isaac kisses him back. So there's two kisses that happens here. So it's not just like one. And then Isaac's like, no, no, no. He like genuinely tries. He's like, let me kiss you again to see maybe the second kiss. I'll feel something. So like, I I think Isaac really did his best to try and then nothing worked. And I think that's what freaked Isaac out, out because he's like, wow, I really did try and nothing, nothing. What is wrong with me? And so he just, kind of leaves without an explanation so it's it's heartbreaking on both of their ends because i think they both really did give it a good try here it just it was not meant to be it was not meant to be and uh with the leaves at first i thought there were sad leaves because like you see a sad leaf falling when isaac leaves like in front of james but then when we cut to the next scene isaac goes back to the party and the sad leaves kind of like follow him into the girls' room where everyone's partying and being all coupley and stuff. And Isaac's just watching this and he starts crying. Like he's really like accepting his reality. Cause you're the one that said that like the falling leaves are like when they're being themselves. So I mm-hmm. wonder if these, this, these leaves here are just Isaac, like accepting he's different when it comes to like romantic feelings, like aside from like literally everybody else in this room who's just making out on beds, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, because I think the leaves are sad for James. <laughs> but, but I think for Isaac, it's more the like... The leaves are really like, rooting for the... <laughs> the leaves are like, damn, because they're like falling too, like sad falling leaves. But I think that for Isaac, it's more so a... This is who... I, I'm. He's coming to terms with who he is in an honest way. Because like he honestly really did try with, with James to be like, is there something here? And there just isn't. And I think he's accepting it when he's in the room, like crying, like having an honest moment. And I think that's why he's got the leaves. Okay, well, if you said his, I thought he was just still, like, reeling from the kiss and, like, very confused. I think he, he is, but, like, he, I think he's accepting that, like, he's different. Because, like, he just, he tries. Like, he tries. He, like, he goes along with James's hints. He kisses him twice. I think he really does try. And he's just like, wow, I'm just different. So I think he's just accepting that he's different here. I don't think he knows what it means. He doesn't have the language for it. But, like, I think Isaac is accepting that he's different. I think that's what he's accepting. Isaac, you're amazing. I love you. Uh, I I love him. I love his journey. Is he still your favorite? He's definitely my favorite. I love. I do love Isaac a lot. I love everybody in the show, but I particularly love him. I see it. Um, but while all this is happening, Charlie and Nick are sitting outside the window together. And Nick is, yeah, Nick is staring at Charlie longingly until Darcy interrupts them with the alcohol. Yeah, because Nick and Charlie, of course, they keep escaping parties to just hang out with each other. So, like, why even go to the party? Like, Nick, you guys should just stay in your room. I mean, but I love Darcy. They could have showed up and then just, like, went back to the room. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. That's basically what they're doing. They're just on a balcony. But I love Darcy's interruption because she's like, sorry to interrupt your very obvious flirting, but it's alcohol time. Because, <laughs> like, it was very obvious flirting. Like, let's be real. And I love that she's she's constantly calling them out for being gay. And, I just love it. <laughs> and this is where I'm getting my thoughts about 
Darcy and the alcohol because like she's just the enabler all night to everybody. Like you mm-hmm. constantly see her just passing around the alcohol. You do not see her with Tara at all during Tara's birthday, which I think Tara kind of figured out early and why she was upset. But here, Darcy like pours a heavy handed pour of whatever this alcohol is so much that it was almost overflowing Charlie's cup. But I love the I love this moment of the two of them trying alcohol for the first time because like you know that whatever she bought was not like top quality alcohol. It's probably just like gross, more gross than normal alcohol. So like when they're trying it, they're just like, this is gross. Like I thought it was really cute. Why do people drink this shit? Right, yeah. Cause it's I mean it's disgusting, really, but like people like to feel like not necessarily the drink but yeah you know the stuff is not good to begin with and this is their i like that they're experiencing it together i think that's really cute that's what i do with coffee i don't care really about drinking it i just want to stay awake coffee's delicious yeah i like coffee flavored foods me too so then misery wasn't enough at this party no um, however, I'm not as uh, hateful towards Harry, but Harry tries to come in and Tara tells him he isn't allowed because homophobes aren't allowed. Have they not noticed that Ben is there? But we yeah, have already I just, addressed. I don't think the girls all know about Ben is what's happening there. Also, Ben's like really quiet and doesn't talk to anybody. He just kind of sneaks in. So maybe they don't see him also. He's like, I just want free food. He's just quietly drinking. He's like sulking. Like if you watch him throughout the party, he's just like, like Darcy's obviously just doesn't care. She's like, Woo, booze. And she gave it to everybody. I think he's just getting drunk in the corner by himself with his feelings. I think that's While just trying to keep an eye on Charlie. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he's doing. He's just sulking. And Harry actually apologizes for the things he said in the past. It, it doesn't like fully feel authentic and real. Yep. But he thinks to apologize, which is more than some people. Uh, And Charlie is like, no, you're not allowed in. And it's showing that Charlie's learning to stick up for himself. Yeah, this was a big moment for Charlie in the books. Like, the scene is pretty much the same. Where Charlie just, like, tells him off. And, like, it's it's like Charlie's getting to a point where he's, like, saying things that he feels. And I think part of this is directed at Harry. Part of it's directed at what he wants to say to Ben. Um in this moment but i think that i agree with you i don't i don't think harry is trying to be disingenuous i think it comes off as disingenuous because he only offers to apologize when it's clear tara won't let him in the party he's like well can i come in and they're like no and then he's like well okay fine can i talk to charlie and nick because like those are the people i offended let me i'll do it public he's doing this publicly versus like he could have gone to them privately at any time and apologized to them for the the movie theater incident. Cause like how long it's been months since that movie theater incident. Like he had so many, t- he had so much time to apologize and he chose this moment when he needed to apologize them to get into a party to like do it. So I think it comes off as disingenuous because it kind of is, but I don't think that Harry has, I mean, I know what happens to Harry, but I don't think he has like malicious intent. I think he's probably thinking about apologizing and it was probably like on his mind quite a bit. I don't know about that. I think that Harry is just very dense and it takes longer for things to like sink in with him. And so I think for him, he needs to be like humiliated a little bit at this party for him to be like, okay, I like to learn right from wrong. He needs to like experience like real consequences. 
Because, like, if he loses Nick as a friend, he's like, whatever, I have other friends. But, like, here, like, all the friends are being like, no. So I think that, like, it takes Harry longer to, like, do the right thing. Because he he's just dense. Like, he needs, like, a smack on the face to, like, be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I, I need to be better. But I, he's somebody capable of change. It just takes a, a lot to get him to change, is my point. So... He's doing the right thing for the wrong reasons in in this scene, but I don't. He's not malicious like Ben can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then with Harry gone, <laughs> yeah. Like, now that Harry was Harry. <laughs> I'm glad he wasn't there. Oh my god. Oh god. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh yeah. I mean, it's bad enough Ben was there, but I mean, it's like okay that Ben's there because he knows yeah, everything yeah. already. I know. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Sorry. Um, but now it's time for everybody's favorite game: spin the bottle, truth or dare. Because apparently, that's a thing. I know. I was <laughs> like, is that a game? <laughs> Those are two different games in America. I know. At least. Sure. Um, but they, they kind of end up the same way, to be honest. I know, it does. Uh, and all the secrets come out. Isaac is flustered because... Oh, okay. So, let me... Alright. So, one of the first things is Isaac, I guess, picks truth when the bottle lands on him. And they ask, who's your first celebrity crush? And this poor dude, like, poor Isaac is just like, I don't have any celebrity crushes and everyone's like everyone has a celebrity crush not everyone it's imogen the bad ally who's like what do you mean everybody has a celebrity crush it's like imogen read the room girl (laughs) terrible ally i know (laughs) you're an ally to a bisexual named star (laughs) you're an ally to no one in this moment yeah, like, it's sad that nobody can read how uncomfortable Isaac is with this. She needs to be an ally to herself and just get with this <laughs> We'll get there, don't worry. But, like, yeah, I, I, I hate that it's Evagen that does it. But it's not surprising. And then from Isaac, we go to Sahar. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Yes. Okay, so I don't really know. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> but <laughs> Sahar just starts talking about how Imogen got a boyfriend. And stop texting her. And then Imogen's like, that's not true. That was like, the, you stopped texting me. Oh, just kiss okay. already. <laughs> Let, yes, first, yes. But let's, let's, what did they actually say? So Sahar says, Imogen got a boyfriend last year and stopped texting me. Okay. So has Sahar been harboring a crush on Imogen for over a year? Is my oh, question. Oh, no, since she met her. Okay, because I always got this vibe from Sahar that she was like mad at Imogen for something. And it came off as like, you broke my heart and you don't even realize it energy. And like, this confirms it for me because it's not like they, because the way it's framed in this season, it's like they just met, but I'm pretty sure they've known each other for longer and have been texting, which is interesting because Imogen doesn't have a lot of friends. So I wonder if they like, we're on like a group project or something and then they're just like let's keep texting and then right they've been texting for over a year at this point that's interesting and when that gets spoken there's this really funny shot of like darcy and tara and like tara's looking at evagen like girl you don't fucked up <laughs> so I, i'm pretty sure she agrees with me that it's evagen's fault um Both their faces Darcy's just like, ooh. They're like, this sounds gay. <laughs> like, 
Oh, who are we hanging out with? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what like what was the question that she got asked though? Like that led to like Sahar answering to be like, well, Imogen doesn't talk to me anymore. Like, what was the question? Hmm. What did they ask they her? They probably okay, so maybe Sahar and Imogen were like really close at one point. And you know, Sahara's getting feelings. And you know what? I feel like Imogen kind of felt it, but then he's like, boyfriend, 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 and got a boyfriend. And um, so exactly. someone probably asked, like, why aren't you and Im- and Imogen close anymore? So Yeah, that might have been the question. Then they spin the bottle again. And this time it feels mm-hmm. like actual spin the bottle. Yeah, for real. So I think they dare Tao to kiss Charlie. And Tao does it because he is oh secure. <laughs> he just do it though. He like plays it all up and he's like, Charlie. And he like purrs and like crawls over. <laughs> Tao is doing the best job of being a good BFF and he's doing his best to deflect those rumors. <laughs> I love it. I was like, let them think the hickey was me. I'm like, yes. And then again, because we've already did the kissing thing. When it lands on Charlie, Charlie is dared to kiss James. And I feel bad for James, though. Because Me too. Oh, he's clearly heartbroken at this moment. Like, he just got rejected. That, but also when you're, like, teasing someone and, like, wanting them to kiss someone, like, it's also affecting the other person. And then, yeah. for some reason, they're like, okay, fine. Don't kiss James. Kiss Ben. Yeah, what the That's fuck is that? So <laughs> random, so weird. You know, someone was like, "Okay, Ben does not stop staring at Charlie." Right. Yeah, no, this person that was doing the question, the grilling of Charlie, was clearly really perceptive of like everything, and was just like, "I want gay shit to happen." That's all I want. Uh, kiss Ben. Be <laughs> like, all right. So there's some things I'm trying to figure out. So can you two kiss? <laughs> Yeah, for real. Like, is that what this is all about? It was, like, really... They just wanted gay shit to happen, this person. Uh, you're at a lesbian's birthday party. It's That is true. <laughs> it's gay. That is true. Let's make this gayer. <laughs> Which, like, I get it. That's fine. But, like, please stop trying to out people. Yeah. Uh, Charlie refuses both times, and Ben starts freaking out. Because, honestly, I would, too, if I were him. Like, just in general, like, why is... He has to be like, why am I being told to kiss him? Like, why are they choosing me out of everyone in the room? There's that. And Charlie's reaction is like, fuck no, absolutely not. So I think Ben is just like, because in his brain, he's like, I can get Charlie back. I can get Charlie back. So like, there's that. And then plus now he's on display in front of everybody. And he's like, yeah, why are you picking me? Like, did Charlie say something? Did Nick say something? Like, I think he's just like freaking out for a lot of reasons. And because of that freak out, he just leaves and says that the game is stupid. Because he sure does. But like, end. I think he's telling on himself by leaving mm-hmm. because he overreacts to this nothing. Because Charlie already refused to do it, so it wasn't going to happen. And then his reaction is not appropriate. Is not like it's too much for that situation. So I think he's telling on himself. So that was a bad move. He had a huge reaction. He sure did. And then when he's leaving, he like his knee like pushes Nick, which is rude. So of course he can't just leave. He has to like abuse Nick while he's leaving. And the whole thing puts Charlie back in his like bad feels place. Like he's looking down and he's doing that shrinking in on himself thing. So this was all bad. They thank you inquisitor for this bullshit that you just put us all through. But this does not end yet. 
No, it doesn't. Because that was a dare. You're right. So What's the truth, Caitlin? The truth is that Charlie asked for a truth instead. <laughs> and the person who dared them to do gay shit before uh, asked who gave Nick, uh, Charlie the hickey. Which everyone says is wrong to ask. And you hear someone's like, you could out somebody. Yeah, I think it was L. But yeah, it's for real. Like, if it wasn't James, the only out person on the trip, and it happened on the trip, you're asking Charlie to out somebody in this game. That is what you're asking, which is fucked up. Nick, however, gets some confidence and tells everyone that it was him and they have been going out for a few months. Like, go... Go, Nick. That was huge for him. I think he's just like, enough. Like, enough of this. Um, okay. And I asked, okay, so before Nick, like, says, I, he's like, I know who did it. And then everyone's like, who did it? He grabs Charlie's hand before he says anything. And there's two, there's, a, there's a, like a, a medium shot of, like, the two of them holding hands. And there's two girls sitting next to them. And their faces, the two girls, before Nick says anything, when he grabs Charlie's hands, they're like, oh, my like before he even says anything. So it's shout out to those two girls. Like they also wanted more gay stuff to happen in this party. So I'm, I love them. Their reaction is just precious before he even says it. And then after he comes out, James is the one who says or asks, do you want us to keep it a secret? Which is really cute and considerate, but also like sad that we live in a world where that's even a question about this. Yeah. So that was really cute because like to me james is basically saying like hey this is a safe space thanks for telling us but like if you want us to keep it a secret we will which how there's like 30 people in that room that would never work (laughs) but that was really cute and and nick says like we're okay with people knowing which is so cute but then but then darcy says i hate to ruin this lovely moment but i'm about to be sick because of course this is where it ends because darcy's been aggressively drinking the whole night (laughs) Uh, so since Darcy is about to throw up, uh, they run to the teachers where she throws up on their bed instead of the bathroom that was in their room. Okay, there are many things about this whole thing that are ridiculous. That one is ridiculous. The second thing that's even more ridiculous is the fact that she made it all the way to their room without throwing up. Because how? If if it is time to vomit, like... There's no stopping it. You're just, you're going to throw up. Like, how did she make it from her room to the teacher's room without throwing up? Okay, so. Like, how? There, like, There's a warning. Up. There is, like, somewhat of a warning. You can feel it. Not when you're drunk. When okay. you're drunk, well, I, I've like, never thrown coming. up. Like, it's, there's not, that she wouldn't have made it to their room. That was crazy. And, like, made it to their room, then they're sitting on the, like, a lot of time elapsed before she actually throws up, which, Also, like, why were they going? This was also stupid. Like, why are you going to the teacher's room? Like, obviously, she drank too much. What were the teachers going to do? Just go to the bathroom and throw up in your room and end the party. Like, why are you going to the teachers? They can't do anything for you. That was also stupid. Like, a lot of this was just dumb. I mean, no one was thinking at that point. Let's no, go, go, go to Google drinking, throwing up. Be like, oh just go to the bathroom like there's nothing they can do to help you like you're just gonna throw up well at least now nick and charlie can be in their room alone i mean they gotta get there first how do they get there caitlin i love this scene they walk back but actually they they're unbelievably happy that nick is out 
Yes. Um, but both of them. One one person's walking. The other person. Okay. So Nick, Nick's walking. Charlie, however, is getting a piggyback ride from Nick. Oh. Okay. Yes. Cute. But this was not Charlie's idea. They're walking. Then Nick just picks up Charlie by like his ankles and starts carrying him. This is all Nick's idea. And then Charlie's like, what the hell? What are you doing? And he like, while this is really actually pretty neat. While he's like holding him, he like shimmies Charlie so he could get in a piggyback position. This was all Nick's fault. Like they were just walking and then Nick's like, well, Nick is just you. so happy and excited. Oh, but man. like it's cute, and then he's like, "Charlie, where's our room? Point it out." And so, why are they like this? Why are they <laughs> like this? Our why? Room? <laughs> it was just very cute. Oh, Nick! If you don't know where your room is by this point, uh, he's just playing with him. It's just adorable. So Nick asks Charlie if everyone at school is gonna know, and Charlie's like, "Probably." And Nick, with his newfound confidence in his sexuality and with charlie as boyfriend nick says he thinks he's all right with that and they'll be okay yeah i think that charlie is just super proud of nick and i imagine relieved that nick got a good reaction from everybody and i think that also helps boost nick's confidence here too like the reaction was genuine and great and then everyone's like do you want us to keep it a secret like what do you want us to do so it is a win Okay. And now Nick and Charlie get the room to themselves since Tao and Isaac are sleeping in the girls' rooms, which I still don't totally understand. I don't fully understand this either, but sure. Because, like, <laughs> I get Tao wanting to sleep in there, but why is Correct. Isaac? I don't there? know. I don't know. Maybe Isaac and Tara had, like, a heart to heart since Tara was, like, you know. Uh, maybe they were along. maybe like part of the party was like a slumber party for their friends like maybe oh, they were yes, all like all those people there. sleeping in that room no 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 like the close friends and maybe they were all supposed to stay in there but Nick and Charlie were just like bye <laughs> Nick and Charlie's like there is an empty room right correct <laughs> so okay and so we learned something very important um in this scene in which, uh, okay, so they're basically, like, they're in the room together. And then Charlie's like, well, we have the room. And then he goes and plops down on Nick's bed. And he's like, how about we share a bed now? Because we can. And we learned something very important, which is that Nick has a side of the bed. The left. And the problem is, is that Charlie is now occupying the left side of the bed. So how do we solve this? We play wrestle and pillow fight, of course. Because that's what we do. Which is cute and fun. But it ends in Nick ultimately regaining his side of the bed but there's kisses first and it kind of ends with them like calming down and it's like Charlie sitting in Nick's lap and then they start kissing and it starts like heating up a bit and Charlie gets hickey payback um and which lasts for like two seconds but then Nick seems super uncomfortable by that by this and Charlie stops and I must say their communication is spot on they're really good at communicating. They're very good at it. Um, they have an honest... I don't know what this means. You meant conversation. Thank you. Dior is always the best in helping me translate. Um, they have an honest conversation about sex and how they aren't ready, but Nick says he will be one day. 
And Charlie says that he would be too, but he only wants to do it if Nick does. And if Nick never wanted to, then that would be okay too. Yeah, basically Charlie's like, I think Charlie does want to, but he's like, Nick, whatever you want, Nick. Like, I'm not going to force you to do anything. And Charlie's like, wow, that was really cheesy and embarrassing. And they both admit that they are embarrassingly cute. And finally, because they are. Uh, But they agree that kissing is still okay. And then they cuddle all night long. It's cute. Their their montage is really cute. At first, they like, I think in the book, they're like, let's stay up all night and just talk. And so there's scenes of them just like talking and giggling and they keep changing sides of the bed and stuff like that. And then they eventually just like fall asleep. It's very cute. Uh, speaking of cuteness and cuddling. Oh my God. This is my favorite scene in the episode, I have to admit. We're going to head to the girls' room. Yes. Uh, where Tao and Elle are laying in bed talking about art. Okay. No, they're not. What they're really doing. Okay. So when it, the scene opens, Tao grabs Elle's glasses off the nightstand and he puts them on. And he's impersonating Elle. He's not talking about art. Oh. And he's he puts this voice on and he's like, hello, I'm Elle. I can draw art. And he's impersonating her to her. And that's what they're doing. Like, what? I love Tal. Why is this happening? He's just trying to make her laugh. Like, that's what he's doing. It's very funny and cute. Oh, that is very Tal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you look in the next bed over... Mm-hmm. Something interesting is happening. What's happening? Uh, Imogen and Sahar are in bed together cuddling. They sure are. They and sure are. It's important to note that Imogen is the big spoon. She is, which I didn't see coming, actually. Gay. 10 out of 10. No notes on that. And you can, it. it's like, she, she wants it. Like, it was all on Imogen because... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sahar, we already know Sahar's bi, right? That scene yes. already happened. Okay, yeah, we already know that. Yeah, we're very far into the season. It's we filmed pretty spread out, so just trying to make sure. But oh, they're they're so adorable. Yes, they are. Where's the scene where they wake up and Sahar's like, um, <laughs> okay, just anyway, be like, oh. I, I just love that scene because there's gay stuff in the background, and then t- whatever Tao is doing, Tao impersonating Elle is really funny to me. <laughs> Where's Isaac? He's supposed to be in there, too. Oh, I see. Okay. Isaac. Okay, poor Isaac. Isaac is on the balcony, and this is when I first noticed that he didn't have his book. Like, his book is just beside him. And he's just thinking about everything that happened. Like, (laughs) look at him. I will also note that he has AirPods in. What's he listening to? An audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an audiobook. <laughs> but he's pondering or he's just listening to an audiobook. Can't tell. Like a sad one. Uh, serious question, though. Okay, so in this, so there's two beds in this room. We have Sahara and Imogen in one bed. We have Tao and Elle in the other. Where are Tara and Darcy sleeping? Where's Isaac sleeping? It's Tara's birthday. Would she not get a bed? <laughs> They they just they uh Where are they sleeping? Hold on, how many people? So it's two, four, six, seven. And there there was supposed to be nine people in that room. I, I mean You know what okay, so what I think is that Sahar invited Imogen this day because like they made up after the party. And... That was a drunken thing that happened that probably wasn't planned. <laughs> and since uh Nick and Charlie weren't there anymore, she's like, Oh well there's room. You wanna sleep in my bed? 
so Imogen got this day. And but like now Tara no and Darcy room. are in that room though. Where were they sleeping? It's Tara's birthday. Wouldn't well, you give Tara a bed? I think they're sleeping in the bathroom because of Darcy. They're sleeping like, in the bathroom. But like, it just seems like poor planning. And just like, where's Isaac staying? On the balcony. <laughs> I know. I don't want that to be where he sleeps. Is it, he's got a pillow out there. Does he? I don't know. What is he saying? He's sitting there? on a pillow because it's yeah. probably uncomfortable. I mean, it doesn't look great. It's nice that they have a balcony, though. It sure is. Um, I mean, it's cute and romantic and stuff, but, like, where was he going to sleep? But speaking of Tara, Tara yeah, is with of Darcy in the bathroom. Still, I guess they transition to their bathroom now. Yeah, this um, is their bathroom. <laughs> and Darcy is apologizing for ruining Tara's birthday. And Tara reassures her that she didn't. Okay, so what, Tara, so what Darcy says is, I wanted it, meaning the party, to be perfect for you. And then she says, I have to be perfect for you. So this is Darcy's like, Dar- Darcy's like real feelings coming out here because it's not really, she's upset. She's not really upset about the party. Darcy is upset at the fact that like, she, she's not being honest with, with Tara and she's afraid that Tara won't love her once she knows what her home life is really like and what she's like at home. And Tara says, Darcy, nobody is perfect. And I think that's what, so it's not really about the party and like Tara gets that too. And I think that's what Darcy really wants to hear. Um, Because I think in her mind, it kind of takes off that pressure of like this double life she's leading. And this gives her, her meaning Darcy, hope that like, oh, I guess Tara maybe could love me or for who I am, like fully kind of thing. Darcy deserves so much more than her home life. Yeah. It's a shitty situation. Again, we don't actually know that yet. So. But we don't know the full extent of it, period, though. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, Darcy does end up telling Tara that she loves her. But uh, Theora pointed out that she's drunk, so it's not as meaningful. But I was just proud of Darcy saying it no matter what. I mean, Darcy acknowledges it. She's like, listen, I know that I'm drunk. And you might think I'm saying this just because I'm drunk, but I'm not. Like, I really do love you. But then Tara kisses her, and I'm like, girl, she's just been thrown up. Don't kiss her now. It's true, Theora. Like, gross. Even Darcy says it. She's like, ew, I've just been sick. Like, meaning throwing up. But the the shot of them, the whole moment is really cute. It's like, they're surrounded by balloons. It's really romantic lighting. And this would have been a great moment for a Taylor Swift song. I'm just saying. Yes, I know, because you were waiting the entire... If you um, go on our Patreon... Their two o is a six two o six reaction video. It's just literally Theora trying to figure out where Taylor Swift is. <laughs> She's not in the show, but there's a song that's for a Tara Darcy scene. This would have been a good one. I'm just saying, could have more than one Taylor Swift song. But I think we've we've had a lot of the children, and um, we need to go back to the teachers a little bit. Let's go. Um, the the this section. This next scene is called The Teachers Flirt Some More. <laughs> uh, the teachers agree to say that Darcy just had food poisoning, which, I mean, that's so nice of them. <laughs> okay, so it's like Nathan was the one that kind of wanted to let her off the hook, but he was like, Farouk has up to this point been the one who's like the stickler to the rules. That's why he like kicked Ben and Nick out of like study hall. He's like, 
you guys won't shut the fuck up. My rule is shut the fuck up. So get the fuck out. So <laughs> I think Nathan was like, crap, he's gonna, he's gonna tell on her. Like they're young. Cause Nathan clearly, he's like, I've been a dumb teenager. I know where she's coming from. And Farouk has never been a dumb teenager. So like, he's going to stick to the rules and, and kick, you know, tell her parents or whatever. But Farouk is the one who's like, I mean, I can't get mad at her for food poisoning. So like he acknowledges it's like, fine. It's okay to be a dumb teenager. Like I get it. So I think that, and Nathan was like kind of impressed by that. I mean, I like seeing Farouk's softer side. Of course. You like always seeing people's softer sides. <laughs> Did you say me? Because, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. yeah they're, it's just so sweet. Um, but there's a conundrum. I think that's the right word to say. There um, is a conundrum. Because, you know, earlier Darcy, I don't know why it took this long to do something about it. <laughs> they still don't okay by the end of the scene they still don't do anything about the vomit on the bed like yes yeah, so why have we not dealt with it there's one bed out of commission uh because of throw up and i don't know how many hours it's been it had to it's it's been a while it's been a while there are like the girls are like there's people are asleep in their room and like they're in the bath it's been some time nathan is they like thank you for looking up his name so he stopped calling him art teacher. Uh, Nathan is like, we should call down for some new sheets because yeah. Uh, also, doesn't it smell? And Mr. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Farouk's like, they can just, uh, says that they can just share his bed instead of getting new sheets since Darcy threw up on the bed. Okay, but like, it's still gonna smell. <laughs> like, at least take the sheets off. Okay, that's my point. Okay, first of all, this scene should be called And There Was Only One Bed, the Teacher Edition. Because that's what's happening, too. Yeah, like, the sheets with vomit on it are, like, two feet away from where they're going to sleep. Like, just get rid of it. Like, throw it in a corner. Put it in the bathroom. You're still allowed to sleep together. Right, yeah. Go for the one bed situation. But, like, the sheets are still there. (laughs) Please get rid of them on the balcony. (laughs) Something. Well... I guess the throw anyway. up does prompt the next thing, though. They finally kiss. They do, <laughs> and love it's wins. Cute. It does. All right. So after love wins, we leave the city of love, and we're on the bus back to England, and we get a couple of like panning shots of like everybody the day after. And the first part is Elle and Tao, and Elle asks Tao what his favorite moment in Paris was, and he says the Louvre which is so cute so like he's like our first kiss was my favorite part that's so cute I love that I mean if you've been pining for so long after someone uh yeah that should be your favorite part yeah I just love that he, he says that it's very cute and sitting in front of them are Tara and Darcy and Darcy has like her not like gray hoodie on so like no color no color darcy so she's not in a good place hoods on and like she's got her eyes closed and like she's tilted towards the window away from tara so despite the drunken i love you i think darcy either doesn't remember the other day or like is having regrets or something but like these two need to have a conversation like yesterday like a real one because the divide is getting greater between the two of them. Like, just looking at their body language on this bus. I hate it. And then Charlie sees the first comment on Instagram. Because he's scrolling through his Instagram. 
And While Nick is sleeping on his yes, shoulder. Yes. Do not leave um, that out. I, I feel, was everybody on this bus in that room? Because, I mean, let's be real. Nick no. and Charlie have been acting gay in public this whole time. So, um, yeah, and on Instagram, Nick kept posting shit on Instagram the whole time they were there. So, like, people are, can put two and two together and be like, this is gay. But the the comment was asking if it is true that Nick and him are dating. And you see Charlie just look at Nick. Like, one, like, okay, people know now. But two, how do I respond to this? Like, is it okay? Well, yeah, I think that's when the reality sinks in. So it's almost like Charlie panics when he reads that. But then he looks at Nick, who's, like, peacefully asleep. And he's like, all right, I'm not going to wake Nick up for this. Like, let Nick stay in his peaceful little bubble and not deal with reality. Because, like, the whole thing is Nick was like, oh, do you think everybody's going to know? And Charlie's like, probably. And then they're leaving, like, the fantasy land. They're leaving Paris, which was a trip where they were away from reality. Now they're entering reality. And it starts with this Instagram post with people who weren't on the trip being like, oh, are you guys dating? So, like, it's getting real. And I think Charlie's having a little bit of anxiety because he's like, probably thinking like, oh, now that it's real, will Nick have set second thoughts? Will Nick not want to go through with this? Like, so I think that's what this is all about. And he's like, I'm not going to wake Nick up to find out. So he's just wrestling with those feelings. And then like the episode ends. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So truth or dare? Well, I guess truth. Did you like this episode, Galen? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm this not sorry to say gay. that. So many, so many gay things happened in this episode. How do you not like it? Like the teachers got together. Yeah, it's so gay. Imogen and Sahar. Yeah, Imogen and Sahar. I mean, Isaac figuring his stuff out wasn't happy, but like it's part of the journey. Is not always happy, but he's getting there. I feel like this episode could, should have been called like Revelations or something. That would have been a good name for this. I agree. Truth, awakening, or, or revelation. <laughs> That sounds like a really intense game. Oh my god! And I'm not sorry about it, which is the next episode. So you said that joke, Theodore. Oh damn you! (laughs) I just I dare you to be sorry. I don't know. I dare you to give our listeners a word to spell. Okay, so I have harder ones, but I don't know how to pronounce them yet, and it's not really fair if I uh, pronounce them wrong. And give it to you. So I think I know how to pronounce this one. So if you have made it this far in the episode, your challenge to dare four, you. I believe. I I triple dog dare triple you. Dog dare you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to let us know in the comments how you spell the word gobbledygook. Without looking it up. Yes, you cannot look it up. I feel like I should be giving definitions and like word of origins, like how they do in spelling bees, but you know, this nah. is what you get. And also if you are not on YouTube or anything, uh, try to, if you can figure out how to put gobbledygook in a review. Oh my God. I feel like this episode was gobbledygook. <laughs> Actually. Um, Actually don't say that. Oh, Okay, so there, there is. Here's a description of it. Only intelligent people know that this word has a deep meaning for those who hear infants speak. What? <laughs> it's also a term you use when watching a film in a language you don't know. 
That's like not, actually I can't a definition, but it means I can't under the, the language that I'm hearing, I don't understand it. It's gobbledygook yeah. to me. That's what it means. So yeah, you like, can say that we when, taught you how to spell gobbledygook. It's all gobbledygook when uh yeah, it's all gobbledygook. and I uh try to figure out people's five names. Stars. <laughs> yeah, when I pronounce names. Yeah, that's fair. All right. You have been dared, dear listener. Um we hope you enjoy it and you weren't sorry for listening to this. Uh, but next episode, we will be reviewing 207, which is called Sorry. So is until it next too time. Late now to say sorry. No, it's not. Just hydrate for this via Jesus. <laughs> we will open with another sorry song next time. Please don't let me forget Theora. Oh that my God. The song I wanted to sing, but that's what came out of my mouth. Put that in the comments too to remind Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> We've already filmed it, though. Shh, Caitlin. <laughs> yes, sign off. No, tell us the gun. Okay, until next time. Gobbledygook. <laughs> and gay it up all over the place. Bye. Bye. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes right here on YouTube. Please like, leave a comment below, and subscribe for more amazing super gay content. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. If you're listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review, no matter how brief. It helps us get into Apple's algorithm to reach a wider audience. Please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you about everything and anything. You can find us on all the social medias at Big Gay Energy Pod or email us at BigGayEnergyPod at gmail.com. If you'd like to make friends with other queer media loving people, reach out to us to join our Discord server. If you'd like to support us, check out our merch store or join our Patreon for early access to episodes, exclusive content, and so much more. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for Lesbian Jesus.